Welcome to the Westside Gathering Podcast, and thanks for making the time to learn and grow with us. Here, you'll find teaching from our live Sunday gatherings. After the message, we'll say a little more about our church and how you can connect. But for now, let's jump right in. Morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little nervous, I'll be honest. You know, I was like, what am I gonna say? What's gonna be the first thing I'm gonna say? You know, uh, but you know what? I'm gonna be transparent with you guys. I'm a little bit nervous, but my wife, actually, she told me just before getting up here, she's like, if you're moving a lot, just stop, breathe, and then keep going. So if you notice me move, I'll probably take a pause and, uh, and stop and breathe. <laughs> so uh, today, as David mentioned, we're concluding our series, uh, Selah, and pressing pause. And so this summer was about pressing pause, right? For a lot of us, uh, you know, work slowed down and, you know, things were less busy. There was vacation, more time for uh, projects. But uh, now we're, we're going back into this routine, you know, and so when everything resumes, uh, it's, you know, that time where everything just fills up and becomes, you know, hectic and daily routine is, you know, back on schedule, back to school, back to, you know, to regular work schedule. Um, so how do, we, how do we press pause in those moments? You know, like we had a relaxing summer, right, for most of us, I hope. But how do we press pause in a time when everything picks up and everything gets really busy? And, you know, especially when everything just piles up quickly and then we're invaded by anxiety and by fear of having to face what's coming to us. See, how do we press pause in those very moments? So today I want us to talk about Psalm 46, as David mentioned earlier, and I want us to try to answer this big question. How do I pause when I face adversity? So we're gonna read uh, Psalm 46 together, so if you wanna read it out of your phones, your Bible, or you can follow on the screen. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its water, waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose stream make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is with her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations in, are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolation he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease the ends, to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. He says... Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So last, uh, I'm just going to take a quick sip, but last weekend we had our uh, first uh, camping retreat for our youth group. So this was uh, exciting, the first, I think, ever so you can sort of see a bit, you know, what our, our uh, little uh, gang was. And uh, I have to say, I'm really proud of our group. Um, you know, they accomplished something that they had never done before, at least for most of them. 
And we had John Roberts, who was our organizer for this weekend. And uh, he, he didn't make it easy for us. You know, he, uh, the, the hiking was steep. There was uneven grounds to sleep on. There was lots of like woods, just nothing inside, just, just trees. And there was no bathroom, lots of mosquitoes, and just the basic needs to set up camp. Now, I gotta say, one of our teens, he was pretty brave. He only had Crocs for the whole weekend. I mean, that was a true survivor right there. I mean, I tried hiking up with my sandals at some point because I needed to go to the washroom, and yeah, that was rough. So I couldn't imagine doing that with just Crocs the whole weekend. Now, that's a true boss right there. Uh, <laughs> so this weekend was truly a time of survival, just shelter, uh, food, water, and just, just nothing else, right? And at some point during the weekend, we actually stopped and we pause just to listen to the sounds of nature. You know, we just took that moment of quietness and just to reflect on everything that we can hear around us, God's creation. See, one thing was certain that moment. All life distractions was gone. There was no cell phones, no computers, no cars, no traffic, no orange cones. <laughs> so all of it was gone. It was just the stillness of that moment, just being with God, right? So it reminds me of actually of a scene of a movie that I really love, Gladiator. I, you know, hopefully a lot of you have seen it. But there's this scene where uh, Maximus stops, and he stops to smell the dirt. And this is before going into the chaos of the battle. You know, he just, he takes that moment, he just kneels down, and just smells the grass. But you see, right after that, he knew he was anticipating this big, fierce battle after taking that pause. So this is what the psalm writer, you know, reminds us of. That he reminds us of three things that I want to talk about today before, before facing adversity face on. And I want to clarify, I'm not saying before adversity comes on, because it will appear at any time. But at some point, you have to face it. And this is what we're going to talk about. The first point, we're reminded of the presence of God. And I'm going to reread uh, verses 1 to 3. It says, uh, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake from their surging. Now, God is our refuge and strength. How? So if the earth gives way, he's our refuge and strength. If the mountains fall, he's our refuge and strength. If the waters roar and foam and mountains quake, he's still our refuge and strength. See, anxiety can sometimes feel like the earth is falling apart, the mountains are falling, and the, the oceans or the waters are roaring against us. It feels like everything is just falling apart. And those moments can, can come in different ways, whether it's loss of job or short on money or unexpected life-changing events. Anxiety becomes overwhelming in the face of adversity. So when we look back at these first three verses, 
Verse 1 doesn't start with this description of a natural disaster. It actually starts with this eternal promise. It says, He is our refuge and strength. When? He's an ever-present help in trouble. So ever-present means all the time. He is our refuge and strength anytime. So that means we don't wait to depend on God when we're in trouble. Uh, or when trouble comes our way unexpectedly, he means that he is present all the time. That means times of trouble, but also in times of quiet. He's always there. Now, here's the problem. We always tend to bench God on the sidelines until we can no longer do it, and then we ask for help. Now, sorry for the sports analogy that I'm going to give here. Um, Who likes basketball here? Okay, cool. We have a good number of people who love, who love basketball. So, probably see a picture of a basketball NBA players here. But think about it this way. It's the final game, right? For championship. But you decide to bench all your best players, and you decide that you only bring them at the last minute of the fourth uh, quarter. Now, what do you think is going to happen? You know, you have a hard time. You'll have a hard time to get back up and catch up with the other team in terms of points, to try to tie, or even to win it, your task is much harder at that point. But you see, that's the thing. We do the same thing. We tend to be stubborn. We try to overcome something hard and wait last minute you know, for God to intervene. Uh, there was a time in my life where um, I kept convincing myself that I could get myself out of my own circumstances, situations. And the problem with that was that I kept believing it and kept going through that vicious cycle is that as soon as I got out of one problem, I'd soon get myself into another problem. And this continued for at least 10 years of my life and just struggling to have to go through one situation to another nonstop, believing I can get myself out. See, the thing is that I had to come to a point where I had to finally just completely give up and surrender and say, God, I need you. I need you. In fact, actually, I had to come to a point to acknowledge that God was there. He was present. So he was there before, like my circumstances, during my circumstances, and after. He was always there. But I needed to come to that point and know that he was ever-present. So here's what I want us to to remember, you know, from this, is that God is ever-present. See, while adversity may come and go, uh, he's there. He's always there. So here's here's what I want to challenge you, is that take that time every day to just practice that moment to, to just stop and just remember God's presence. Now, just imagine when trouble comes, right? So you're practicing this, God, you are present. And when all the hardship comes, what's going to be your first instinct? Your first thing to go to, God, that's going to be your, God, you're present. There you are, even in my trouble. Which brings us to our, uh, to our second point. Second reminder is that God, you know, is, God is powerful, And I'll read uh, verses 4 to 7 here for us. It says, uh, There is a river whose stream makes glad the city of God, 
the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is with, within her, and she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So we have a contrast here. We see two things happening in this passage. We have God's dwelling, a holy place, a place of gladness, a place that's never going to fall. And then we see this other, uh, other contrast where nations are in chaos, war-torn. Eventually, they just fall. They just fail. So the two things we see in this passage is actually two elements, temporal and eternal. And uh, you see, God is so powerful that the promise of him being ever-present means that nothing will ever bring him down. Meanwhile, cities, nations, kingdoms, they won't last, but God is still ever-present, so that means his power still continues. Now, why am I talking about these two elements, the temporal and the eternal? You know, they're, they're so important because, one, we can undermine God's power in the face of adversity. See, the psalm writer was likely facing some sort of war happening at that time, inspiring him to write that. But he acknowledges God's power, that all the power of the earth could not amount to God's power. See, whether it was earthly or even cosmic, nothing could amount to God's power. So I want us to take a moment and, and just reflect on that. You know, it, it, it sounds overwhelming just to think, you know, how vast this power is. But yes, there's this comfort that comes with it as well in knowing how great God is. See, there's this hope that we can find in knowing that God's power withstands through all eternity. So if we can understand this undescribable power, uh, we have to come to a point that, to understand that our knowledge, our wisdom, is nothing compared to God's knowledge and wisdom. See, his wisdom is actually far greater than ours, which means we actually have access to the greatest source. Not us. We have access to God. In Isaiah, um, uh, we have this description of how immense God's wisdom and knowledge is. And it's in Isaiah 55, verses uh, 9 to 11. I'll read it for us. It says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow uh, come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seeds to the sower and bread uh, for the, to the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but, I, uh, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. See, Israel's being reminded that God could not be put into a little box. 
uh, or use them actually, in fact, for our own purpose when we need it, you know, when we're like, okay, God, uh, I think right now is a good time, you, you know, you use your power. Um, but the same could be said for us today, actually. We, when we face difficult decisions or situations, we have a tendency to desire the outcome before going through the circumstance, the situation. See, we want results, uh, and we kind of disregard completely the process itself that brings us to, uh, to the, uh, to the end, uh, end result. This reminds me, actually, when I was a kid, uh, I loved Jell-O. And <laughs> I loved Jell-O. And I would see my mom, uh, she would uh, put the bowl you know, she'd prepared it, but I didn't, I didn't see the process. She'd prepare the bowl and put it right in the fridge. As soon as I saw her do that, the first thing is open the fridge and see if it was ready. Is it ready? And then five minutes later, I'd go back to the fridge and check. Is it ready? Mom, is it ready? And I had no, no concept of, you know, how Jello worked. I had no concept that there was a time that needed for it to stay in the fridge and I had to wait before I can actually eat Jello. In fact, I didn't even see that my mom had to boil water and put the powder and put it in the bowl, mix it, and then put it in the fridge. But I would ask my mom every five minutes, Mom, is it ready? Until she would actually get frustrated. She'd be like, if you ask me one more time, you won't get any. I was reluctant. I was so tempted. I mean, I wanted to open that fridge, but I knew the consequence. I knew the consequence. If I opened the fridge, um, I would not get any jello. But the thing is, it's not any different with God. We expect God to conform to the results we want. He won't reply, stop asking me, or you won't get it. In fact, the consequence itself will be in the result of pushing things to happen. See, at that point, we become so disappointed with God we're, because we wanted him to do this one thing for us, and he didn't answer the way we expected him to answer. So this is what I, I want us to remember, is that God is all-powerful. He knows best, right? He is Lord Almighty, God of Jacob, our fortress. So that means our actions should not be to expect the result, but the trust that God has a better plan. We should strive actually to give him control in the process and let him take care of the result. The process is difficult. It's not easy. But here's the thing. As difficult as it may be, it actually draws us closer to God as we put all our trust in him. It actually helps us to grow, cl grow closer to him so we need to remember that, that he is all-powerful, so he knows best. Which uh, brings us to our, our final point. We are reminded that we can find rest in God. And I'll read uh, verses 8 to 11. It says, Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, Be still 
and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is probably one of the hardest things, and I'm, I'm admitting this to you, for me to do, is to stop and relax. I mean, I've had tendencies in times of panic that I won't stop. I'm like reactive. I'm like trying to get myself undone of this situation as quick as possible. In fact, my wife can you know, be a witness here today, and she'll say, you know what, you're just major stressing uh, in those moments of panic. You're not, you're not, like, you become useless at that point. <laughs> but as she reminds me how useless I am in that moment, she also reminds me to just stop and, and pray. She's like, let's just, let's just stop, let's pray together. And then all of a sudden, there's just calm. There's just, I'm just less stressed, and I'm clear-headed. I think of a time, uh, back in 2018, uh, I was doing a summer internship at a Ministry to Seafarers at the Old Port of Montreal. And some of you, I think, actually came to serve with me. We did uh, Christmas uh, gift wrapping last December, I think. Um, and I was at the end of my uh, internship that summer, and I had a trip that they paid for me that I could go to a conference in Baltimore. And it was an annual conference where all the Seafair ministries from all across the U.S. and Canada came together. They had their interns as well. And I got to meet a lot of those chaplains, you know, from all those different locations. So it was my last day. And I was offered an opportunity to go visit Washington, D.C. And so I obviously wouldn't want to pass up on that and see all the historic monuments and stuff. So, so yeah, why not? And I had to time it well. So I... I was, uh, by the time I was dropped off, I had about a four-hour window, you know, before I had to leave and catch my, uh, my flight. So just to kind of give you an idea, I was dropped off at U.S. Capitol, and I had to walk to this subway station that actually went straight to the uh, airport. And so that was about 6.75 uh, kilometers. Now, Obviously, 6.75, you know, I kind of looked at Google Maps over the week. I'm like, how long was that? I can't even remember. It's probably like an hour and a half, maybe more. But there was actually, uh, I would say, more kilometers because I had to stop along the way, go to different places, detours to see all the monuments that I could see, including the Washington Monument, Lincoln Memorial, the White House. I had four hours, right? And I'm like, I'm going to be efficient. I'm going to get it all done in one shot. I won't miss a thing. So here's the thing that I didn't consider into my calculation, my careful planning to say I will get it all done, was a heat wave. It was a hot day. I had my backpack, my carry-on for the entire walk. And <laughs> yeah, that was not nice at all. I slowed down. <laughs> I stopped so many times because it was too hot. The sun was just beating down because it was all open fields. So there was no shelter. There's no like trees and stuff. Um, yeah, I was, I, I was losing my energy really fast. And this was a disaster. And I started panicking. You know, I had to come up with another plan. 
I'm like, how am I going to get to the subway station? You know, but I still have to see this building. And I was still determined and stubborn. And finally, you know, I got to see the last, you know, I got to see Lincoln Memorial. I was like, that was like my, my last destination. I had to see it. And I was exhausted. So finally, I had to walk across this like overpass to get to the other side, to get to the uh, subway station. And um, I was so tired. There was no cars in sight. I was exhausted. I, I just didn't, I couldn't go anymore. And here's the worst part of all this. A taxi driver drove by me, stopped, and said, you need a ride? What do you think I answered? No. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that was not my proudest moment. <laughs> and by the time I see the taxi just going, I, I'm thinking, what in the world did I just do here? I'm exhausted. That was my ticket. I could have grabbed the taxi, gone to the airport, would have been good. Now I'm losing time, and I have less than an hour before my boarding, boarding my plane. I had to stop at that moment. I had to actually stop and just pray and say, okay, God, I, I have no more energy. I still have quite a distance to walk. Um, I can't miss my plane. The taxi is coming the other side of the road. I guess he must have done a U-turn at the end of the road and came back. As soon as I saw him, just flagging him down, wait! <laughs> So he acknowledges me, he comes back around, does another U-turn, comes, uh, comes my way, picks me up, and I'm telling the taxi driver, hey, I gotta get to the airport, I have less than an hour to board, and like, we need to rush this, you know? And he does, I had 10 minutes to spare to get through security, check in everything, and um, as soon as I get to my gate, little did I know, little did I know, my, um, my flight was delayed by three hours. Yeah, so you can only imagine how foolish I felt at that moment. <laughs> yeah, that was not my proudest moment. And I, I want to conclude um, with this uh, final point. I asked uh, the musicians to come up. Um, we cannot find rest when we don't trust our environment, right? We can't find rest when we're in a strange place. It's, it's just part of our human nature. You know, we, have, we need this comfort to be able to find rest. But here's what I want to remind us, is that if we have an ever-present, almighty God, who is our strength and our refuge, a strong tower, then our rest should not be dependent on circumstances. It depends on God. See, this pause, this rest, it's not just for times of panic. It's not just for times of escaping chaos. It's a rest that requires us to be still and know He is God. See, God is not a second thought. He is. So we need to recognize that in every moment of our lives, through worship, through prayer, thankfulness, we just need to acknowledge His presence every day of our lives. 
And I don't think you want to be uh, overwhelmed by your circumstances. God doesn't want you to be overwhelmed by your circumstances. See, this is why he becomes our source. He is this eternal source that now we have access to Christ Jesus. See, we think of Jesus, and he's the one who healed the leper, the blind. He calmed the storm. He is ever-present, and he is the very same who invites us to find rest in him. So, just uh, to, to finish this, this final point uh, with us uh, this morning is that uh, I want to share this reflection that can help you as it helped me in, in every time in my life, not just in times of panic, but just to kind of stop and say, okay, I need to know that God, you are there. And I don't take any credit from what I'm, gonna, I'm going to read. This is a friend of mine uh, who shared this with me a long time ago. And um, it's a great reflection that helps us to think about, our surren- about surrendering our everyday life to God. And this is actually right out of um, uh, verse 10, where it says, Be still and know that I am God. And I want to just close in prayer with this and also bless you with this prayer so that you can take that and use it at all time, not just in times of panic or chaos, but just to stop and remember God. Remember that your situation, your circumstances, everything belongs to Him. It says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be. Father, um, thank you that we can come to you, that we have access to you, Lord. And we're thankful for this important reminder, Lord, as we go into this fall season and everything's going to get hectic and busy and just nonstop, go, go, go. But Lord, we want to just continue pausing. We want to continue finding rest in you at all times. And thank you that we have access to you anytime. And I pray this for everyone here, Lord, as they're trying to collect their minds and, uh, and, they're pl- and having to plan everything and go back to a normal routine. And Lord, that rest becomes a priority because God, you are a priority. So I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message helps guide you on your spiritual journey of discovering the life and message of Jesus. We update this podcast weekly, so why not hit subscribe and journey with us? Who are we? Westside Gathering is a local church in the West Island of Montreal. We're a simple community of faith where we want you to feel welcome, even if you're not into church or religion. We meet every Sunday, but you can also find smaller groups, environments, and resources for all ages between Sundays. Find out more at westsidegathering.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. 
We'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, ask for help, or let us know how we can pray for you. If you'd like to contribute financially, just go to westsidegathering.com forward slash giving. Until next time, peace.